the resentment and the judgment we're projecting at others is in fact the resentment and judgment that we have for ourselves. And that is the greatest um, violence Mm -hmm. to inflict that upon yourself. So by releasing that and by choosing to look at the good and choosing to hold that vision of the highest expression for yourself and for someone else is, is a great act of, of love. That's Julie Pyatt on this week's Ask Me Anything edition of the Rich World Podcast. The Rich Roll Podcast. Hey, everybody, what's happening? It's Rich Roll, your host on the podcast, back at you for a second episode this week, another installment of Ask Me Anything with Julie Pyatt. Say hi. Hi, Rich Roll. How are you? I'm back. You, you can ask me anything. <laughs> I plan on, on this asking show. you. I plan on asking you many, many anything things. Anything you haven't asked me in 16 years, you can ask me today. Right. Well, I'm glad that you're sitting across from me today on the show where I probe the minds and the personalities of the outliers. You're an outlier. I'm a way outlier. And the paradigm breakers. You're a definitely, paradigm breaker. Definitely a paradigm breaker. And the big thinking out of box minds. Would you consider yourself one of those? Yes, I would. Large personality. Not that large. No. Across all categories of excellence and positive culture change. Why do we do this? To mine the tools and the insights and the principles that can help all of us unlock and unleash our best, most authentic selves. That is the theme of the show. Did you know that? I did. (laughs) That's what we love about it. I know. Well, listen, guys, uh, I appreciate all of you for tuning in today. I realize that there is... So much great content out there, more and more with each successive passing week. Lots of demands on your precious attention. So I greatly appreciate uh, you guys taking a flyer on us for tuning in, for subscribing on iTunes, and for subscribing to my weekly newsletter. And I also want to thank you guys for uh, always using the Amazon banner ad at richroll.com for all your Amazon purchases. Um, If you click through the Amazon banner ad at Richroll. Dot com, or you can just uh, bookmark it to your browser. Uh, that way, when you purchase something on Amazon, uh, it will just uh, Amazon will kick us some loose commission change, and that really helps support the show. So we really appreciate that, you guys. Yes, thank you. <laughs> uh, so what's going on? Well, uh, first of all, why don't we do a little housekeeping? Today's show is brought to you by. Hey, everybody. Like me, Inside Tracker wants to help you start the new year right. So they're thrilled to help support the Living Proof Challenge, the no-cost, science-based habit-building program designed by my well-being wizard brother, Simon Hill, to specifically up-level the most important biomarkers that drive health span, that drive disease prevention, physical fitness, and mental well-being, courtesy of a doable, evidence-based 12-week program elaborated upon in length in my conversation with Simon that dropped January 1. That's RRP 804. If you listen to that episode, then you know the program entails comprehensive blood testing at both the commencement and conclusion of the challenge. And nobody handles blood testing better than Inside Tracker, who are 
graciously encouraging everyone to join the no cost challenge by offering a 25% off discount on inside tracker tests. To unlock the discount and learn more about this challenge, visit theproof.com slash living proof. Meditation has been a recurring theme on this podcast dating back to its beginnings. And in conversation always leads people to asking me about the best way to begin. There are no shortage of modalities of resources and apps available. I have experience with many of them, but my mainstay, I have to say, the one that I have found most useful is waking up. It's this unique treasure trove of wisdom that has become so important to my daily routine that the app finds itself right in the dock of my phone for immediate fingertip access. Beyond its robust catalog of daily meditations, it's also this extraordinary library of mindfulness resources that go well beyond the strictures of meditation with courses on stoicism, cognitive behavioral therapy, time management, procrastination, as well as thoughtful conversations with leading scholars on everything from psychedelics to happiness. It really is one of the most worthy investments you can make in yourself. And listeners of the show can get 30 days to try waking up for free. Plus, you'll save $30 on the in-app price. If price is a concern, Waking Up offers the app for free, astonishingly for anyone who can't afford it. You can find the links on their website to get a full scholarship right now. Just go to wakingup.com slash richroll to start your free month today. That's wakingup.com slash richroll. So uh, lots of interesting questions flowing in our way. Um, and it's been two weeks since we've done this, right? Because last week, the second episode was the altature cross-cast dinner party tea drinking situation, <laughs> which people seem to enjoy. So uh, it's been a little bit since we sat down and did this. Um, the first kind of inquiry that I want to get into is an amalgam of a lot of emails that, that come in that are kind of on the same theme. And the basic idea is people are reaching out and they're sending emails in and they're saying, I want to do this thing, or I'm asking you a specific question, whether it's about career or fitness or some specific athletic goal. Um, can you provide me some resources to get there? Or, you know, what do you think about, you know, this career change that I'm contemplating, et cetera. And when I read these, I realize that quite often the answer to these questions is really basic and could be figured out uh, in, you know, probably two minutes through a simple Google search. So when I see these questions, I'm, I'm not inclined to reply. I'm like, you could find that answer in two seconds. So when I read between the lines, though, what I'm, what, what I'm intuiting from these inquiries is a couple things. The first thing is I think these people know that they could find the answer easily. So they're really just wanting to connect, right? They want to they connect with us. They want to get some feedback. They want to get um, some encouragement. And, and, you know, in terms of that encouragement, it's almost like they're seeking for permission. Like if you or I were to say to them, yeah, go for it, or you should do that, or um, yeah, you know, there's nothing stopping you or something like that. But I think implicit in that is this kind of conscious or unconscious desire to uh, sort of get permission, right? As if like, 
you or I are empowered with giving somebody permission As to if do what they want. We should be telling anybody yeah. what they well, should. First be doing. of all, it's not incumbent upon us to tell anybody what they should do with their life, right? But also, um, and this also harkens back to the Altucher podcast because he's all about choose yourself, right? So, so why are you seeking permission, right? This is your own journey. This is something that you have to figure out for yourself. And there's nobody truly who is standing in the way between you and doing what it is that you feel strongly about doing with your life. And we're in a period of time, it's an unprecedented uh, kind of moment right now where we have the tools and the resources via technology to really kind of create what we want to create. You know, this, this, this kind of moment has never happened in history. Traditionally, if you wanted to create something, whether you wanted to make a record or make a movie or write a book or whatever it is, whatever kind of creative outlet, and also with respect to profession, um, you needed to get the permission of the gatekeepers, right? A record label has to say yes. An agent has to say, your book has merit. You are a writer. Uh, you know, a movie studio has to buy your script or something like that. But you don't need any of that anymore, you know? And I think that, that, that applies also to whatever you want to do creatively with respect to creating community or expressing something that you're passionate about. There's nothing in between you and the doing, right? It's a matter of just beginning that process. So it's not about getting permission um, from us or from anybody else that you're looking up to or seeking advice from. I think uh, the message that I'm trying to put out there and, and kind of what I'm trying to express and advise is just begin, right? Just begin. Yeah, I think that's true. And I mean, I think that, I mean, I can understand people wanting to you know, have someone to, you know, like a sounding board, you know, like somebody to sort of bounce things off of. And, you know, as human beings, we all, we need support, we need community, and we need, we need some, you know, some sort of collective tribe around us that, you know, allows us to, to proceed, especially with, you know, when you are stepping out of the paradigm, or you are, you know, breaking out of the status quo, or leaving the corporate job, or saying no to standardized education, or choosing yourself over what your parents wanted you to do, or possibly what your parents and you spent a lot of money, um, uh, you know, getting a degree for. So, I think that I think there is a need, you know, to be encouraged and to be supported in making those steps. Uh, however, you know, at the core of that um, sort of journey is no one can tell you, um, you know, what you are supposed to be expressing in the world. And as a matter of fact, you're trying to get out of that condition, which you know, maybe why you're doing the thing that you hate, because you asked someone outside of yourself what you should be doing. So I would say there's nobody standing between you except you. Mm -hmm. Right. (laughs) What was that? You just told me the other day that you came across, you know how like everybody shares inspirational quotes on on Instagram. <laughs> and yeah. you came across one though that was pretty funny. Do you remember what it was? Uh, yeah, actually it was Who my was it? it was it, I I want to say it was Frank Zappa. It was my friend Heather think, was Heather Carter. Oh, okay. Yeah, it was my friend Heather Carter and it was something like it was I could try to see if I can find it, but um it was some kind of thing like 
Like, uh, like if you're in a job doing what you hate and you're doing something because somebody told you to, then it's your your parents. You're because your parents told you to, then it's your own fault. (laughs) You know, basically, (laughs) and it was kind of humorous and funny, and also very true. And so it's kind of cool because, um, yeah, everything that you were just speaking to is completely true. I mean, we live in an age. Actually, I was working with a a a beautiful uh, a being that's come into my life and that I'm sort of. collaborating with in in some ways and and this person uh you know was a gifted opera singer and has found herself in a very very high functioning corporate job um that pays a, a ton of money and so we've been sort of exploring some inner journey together and um you know it's it's beautiful to uh you know to see uh the soul calling her you know from this point you know and in my in our exploration, we were talking about doing, you know, uh, finding that thing that we loved as a child. Like, what is that thing that you love to do as a child? And if you can really get in touch with that, then you can start to just take steps every day towards that thing. Like, if Mm -hmm. every single day you take at least one step, or maybe there's 10 steps, or maybe, you know, um, if you just keep moving in that direction, then that energy will start to show up in your life and the opportunities will present themselves. Yeah, it's about beginning and then it's about consistent, you know, almost incremental, sometimes microscopic pressure that is relentlessly applied, right? So it's not about um, the overnight, like dramatic walking out on the job into the abyss, you know, and, and certainly that happens. People do that. But I think the more likely scenario uh, is when you start to shift and you just your energy starts to get directed um you know in a in, in somewhat almost at the beginning perhaps imperceptible way in a new direction but when you consistently apply that energy in a new in a new direction opportunities start to arise and things start to show up and when you look back on it you know 2 5 years later you're like wow i'm in a completely different place but it doesn't have to be some giant explosion of your life in order to redirect. Yeah, and I also feel like there's a there's kind of a new energy of of the moment which is that in order to be creative you have to create. So I think before you you thought about how to be creative before you took an action, but it's almost like, you know, James Altiger was, you know, we were talking about how I do so many different things and how, you know, he was singing some like sitcom song before he was going to give his talk. And right. he was pointing out that the fact that I do so many different things and that, that I'm exercising different parts of my brain. So in fact... Um, you must create in order to be creative, you know, and, and by just stepping in and jumping in. Like I always say, like, you know, if you're a singer, paint something. If you're a painter, sing something. Mm-hmm. You know, do something that's sort of out of the box because it activates another part of your brain. And you might discover something about yourself that's very, very key. I think also we look at creativity in a, in a limited way, in a limited construct, like, oh, it's you're a painter or you're an actor. But creativity is just uh, is a kind of um, application of a mindset to whatever you're doing. You can be an accountant and be creative mm-hmm. in your in your practice of accounting or in other areas of your life. So uh, and, you know, it's not like creative people are just these people that are walking around with some kind of predis 
you know, you know, predisposed gift that nobody else can access. Creativity is is action. It is process. You know, it's showing up for something every single day and practicing it. You know, everybody who is sort of adept in whatever creative field that they're in uh, didn't. You know, m- most of them, with the exception of the you know the truly touched. Uh, evolved their craft over time, started off not being very good, and through you know persistent, relentless action, taken most of the time in anonymity, um, you know get to a place where they become proficient in it. So it's consistency above all. I think it's a consistent application of action. Yeah, it's consistent, but I think inherent in it in it is a freedom. So when I hear you say the words like relentless, you know, it's like it's a it's an open, it's a freedom, it's, it's, being, it's being without boundary, it's being um, full of wonder. Of, and the, the reason that it's important when you, the reason it's so useful to do something that you're not trained to do is because you can't be in the box with something you haven't been trained to do. So it's the breaking of those structures that allows this wonder to come in, which is creativity is one of the foundational pillars of my homeschool model that I'm writing about and that I'm advocating for. And um, it's homeschooling, unschooling, but that's what I'm saying. I'm saying creativity in all things, in all areas, because if we um, continue to only play within the, the bounds, the bounds of the model in whatever we're doing, we don't have the answers we need. We need quantum leaps. And those quantum leaps come in free, open creativity. That is, it's, it's uh, uncharted ter- territory, never been experienced before. You know, it's, we're in the world is flat moment, you know, where we think we're sailing towards the edge of the earth and we're going to fall off. Mm-hmm. So what's going to bring us that information? The very space of creativity, being in creativity and being open to receive it. Mm-hmm. And it's going to come through the kids. Mm-hmm. I also think that when people start to contemplate like a new path for their life, whether it's a different career or perhaps entertaining, you know, an athletic goal or a creative goal or something like that, fear starts to creep in, right? Because it's an unknown, like it's scary. Like what's, you know, what I know is showing up for this job that I don't like every day. And I understand that it doesn't make me happy, but I can't contemplate what life would be like doing the alternative. And that keeps people stuck, right? Because they're projecting into the future some unknown, you know, scenario for their life. And because you can't wrap your head around what that would look like and how it would all work, it prevents people from doing anything, right? So I think that a good way of sort of confronting that fear is to just take one small action, right? Like, so let's say it doesn't matter what it is. Let's say like, oh, I want to be a stand-up comedian. You know, I don't, I don't want this job that I'm in. I want to do something completely different. Well, the idea of quitting your job and suddenly being a full-time stand-up comic when you haven't done anything before, of course, that's going to be frightening and intimidating and you name it, right? But why don't you just wake up in the morning and write one joke down in a journal? Like, that's not so scary, right? Like, do one thing. And then the next day, do it again. And then maybe two weeks later, uh, you know, tell your joke out loud to some friends at work and see how that goes. And then the next day, refine that joke and then tell it again and see if it works better. And, you know, it's these tiny little actions that start to add up that don't seem to be 
necessarily, you know, related to completely changing your career. But over time, that's what actually is the thing that will shift you. It's true. Very, very true. Just daily consistent action, you know, doing what you love and being connected to something that excites you and that that speaks to you. And, you know, I also think that there are, you know, ways there there's many ways in our society that we can remove things that incite fear out of our existence. So, I mean, the one key thing that I find just uh, really, really like an assault to the senses is having a television in the home. Mm-hmm. So, you know, and I mean, it seems so like, oh, what do you mean? The TV. Uh, the TV is like a box of evil. <laughs> I mean, and tr- and don't get me wrong. I love movies. I love filmmakers. I love directors. And even though, you know, I'm focused in spiritual things, I watch, you know, I can watch dark stuff. I can, you know, I don't like to that much, but I'm open to the artistic expression of different things. Also, being the mom of boys and the wife of Rich Roll, you know, it's like it's part of our modern life in a way. So I sort of have to blend a little bit more. But let's really talk about the TV and what is basically the, the, the biggest thing that's coming out of the television is garbage, um, energetic garbage and fear based programs that are being broadcast into your space. So if you have a practice of getting up and turning on the news, you're going to be allowing that energy into your space. And, you know, seriously, I mean, how much time is wasted by clicking through all those channels on all those hundreds of stations? And you, I mean, I've done it. You're you're going and you're going and you're looking for something decent to watch. And then you could spend, you know, 40 minutes and just turn it off and walk out of the room and nothing ever happened. So, you know, if you're wanting to clean your, your space up, if you're wanting to get clear and streamlined and connected to yourself, get rid of the TV, please. It's like today. (laughs) How long ago did we get rid of our television? It's How been, it been years now. Has it been that long? Yeah, you, but you, you, know, you were well, kicking and screaming. Yeah, yeah. So the evolution of that for us was the first part was getting rid of the cable uh, or the satellite, right? We still, had a, we still had a flat screen TV in our house, mm-hmm. but we, got, we cut the cord on the cable, um, which was not fun. And then about, maybe it was, was it a year ago that we actually removed the television completely from the house? Yes. Um, and trust me, like, I did not want this to happen. I, I went through this process kicking and screaming and resisting <laughs> with every fiber so of my body. Uh, I did, but, but the truth of the matter is, it's just, like, it's just like how I've weathered any detox from any addiction that I've ever had. You're uncomfortable for a period of time. You don't like it. It pushes all your buttons. And then you wake up one day and you're not even thinking about it. And so... I don't even think about it anymore. It's crazy. I, if you had told me that we would be living in a television-free house, I would have said, you're insane. And look, to be fair, I'm not sure that I could, I could do it if there wasn't such thing as internet and Netflix and HBO Your iPad. And my iPad and all that kind of stuff. So it's not like I'm completely untethered from watching narrative fiction on, on my iPad because I do do that. And there's plenty of shows that I love and, you know, I, I like, but, but it, but it has like gotten rid of all the garbage. So now when I watch something, it's generally a high quality program. It's a documentary or it's, you know, something of, you know, of artistic merit as opposed to, 
you know, the news and the Kardashians and just the incessant kind of noise and fear-based programming and advertising that is just entering your subconscious at, you know, a ridiculous rate of speed and you're not even aware of what your your mind your consciousness is processing all day long while that's just on in the background yeah and you think it's nothing but it's actually not nothing and Mm -hmm. i I think it's going to be this thing like you know when you watch mad men and you see like the pregnant woman smoking a cigarette and like taking a drink of the whiskey and she's clearly pregnant and it seems so we're like like can you believe that that's crazy right so there's going to come a moment in a few years where they're like yeah and they used to turn this box on and just project all this negative crap at them themselves all day. (laughs) And they had no awareness, you know, what it was doing to them. So I really, really, you know, uh, the volume needs to come way down. And those things need to disappear. And if you do have a a TV in your home, then use it for programming that you're choosing to watch, but make sure that you're the one that's making the choice. It's the same thing with your mind. If your mind is using you, you're in trouble. If you use your mind, all right, good for you. It's a tool. Same thing with the internet making sure that the internet is not using you. And this is a challenge, and it's a challenge for us as well, because we've created a platform to communicate with the audience and to try to spread our message over the, you know, over the internet. And it's a, an amazing thing. And there's a point where we have to close the door and keep some space sacred for our family, you know, and not be, you know, Rich and I always talk about being living examples. And it's like, what living examples are we if we're on our Instagram 24-7 and answering every single question? I mean, there has to be some space for us, mm-hmm. you know, or else we're not really living, you know, in truth. And so that's something that, you know, we're, you know, we're working with and, um, you know, trying to balance. Um, but uh, it's a the technology thing and just the content, you know, that's beautiful right now because – Everyone can choose what kind of content they want to let into their field. And I will just let you know from a spiritual standpoint, the way the energies are now on the planet today, you are literally creating your life moment to moment to moment. And your subconscious is is uh, is is um, banking all this stimulus and all this information that, that's coming at it. So, um, you know, make sure that I always say, if you want to live authentically and live a really empowered life and really connect deeper with who you are, you want to do everything you can to stay out of fear, stay out of fear, stay out of fear, stay out of fear. Don't, don't watch things that are, um, that are, you know, uh, um, um, what I want to say, promoting fear-based agendas, ideas, um, outcomes, either planetarily or within the political system or within society, um, and also connect with what you love. Try to spend as much time as you can doing things that you love. Because when you're in a frequency of love and you're feeling connected and you're feeling this meaning and this connection with something greater than yourself, that usually comes when you're doing your passion, when you're doing that which you love with you when you were a child. And it doesn't matter what it is. But when you spend moments in that frequency, that's what you're cultivating and that's what's being amplified. So then we can, in fact, access deeper realms of ourselves and greater powers that we have so that we can do good in the world. But if you're only looking at the fear and, and all the problems, you're, you're, not, you're not in the solution. And like I always say, 
if you're fighting for peace, you're still fighting. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think that uh, if you do one thing, it's stop watching the news. Because the news is all about fomenting fear. You know, that's what gets ratings. And it's almost impossible to watch a single news program without some kind of fear inciting, you know, sort of story. I mean, they, almost all of the stories pivot around that. Like, let's be very afraid. Here's a threat. And, you know, that's, that's not good. And if you want to stay connected to what's going on in the world, uh, you know, question what that's really about. Like, you can take it upon yourself to educate yourself about what's happening in different ways that are more balanced. Uh, you can read it in a newspaper, uh, you know, high-quality newspaper. You can go on Vice, you know, which I think is a much more objective look at what's really going on in the world. But just like watching the nightly news or just having CNN on in the background is not a good daily Yeah, the practice. worst is to watch the news before you go to bed, and then that gets programmed in your subconscious. And that's what you're cultivating. Mm -hmm. You're going into very, very deep sleep states with fear, and, and that's what's happening. The other thing I would say is frequency in my experience i can basically go completely news free for a month and then think oh you know i need to get in touch and pretty much everything that i needed to learn i found out on twitter or somebody told me at the coffee shop <laughs> You know, it's like you, you really, oh, this, this like how much do you really need to know? And then if you go on after like a month, I get caught up in like 10 minutes and then I'm like, I didn't, I didn't miss anything. Right. Like, who well, cares? It's been an interesting evolution for me because as somebody who, I grew up in Washington, D.C., inside the Beltway family. <laughs> and when you grow up in Washington, basically all anybody talks about is politics, mm -hmm. right? And, and that's your world. And you become very well-informed about every single thing that's happening in Washington, because that's just water cooler talk or wherever you are, that's the subject of the day. Uh, I knew a lot more about politics when I was in high school than I did when I was in college than I did when I was in law school. Like the longer I've lived away from Washington, D.C., the less informed I've become and the less sort of interested I've become. I've also become quite disenchanted with the whole thing altogether, but that's a different story. But the point being that, that, Initially, in my relationship with you, Julie, it would be a little bit frustrating because I would sort of pride myself on kind of knowing what was going on in the world. And then I would, at dinner time, I'd say, hey, do you, you know, what do you think about this or that or something? And you would just go, yeah, I don't know anything about that or whatever. <laughs> I'd, get, I'd be like, I don't know if I can be married to this person. She's like, we so can't illiterate. The subjects of the day at dinner. That's right. And she's like, no, I don't want that in my field. I don't need to know about that. There are other people dealing with that. And I'd be like, that's irresponsible. We have an obligation to know what's going on mm -hmm. so that we can speak to it or take a stand or, or what have you. Um, and of course, that is important to kind of know what's going on, especially yeah. with the respect to things that perhaps we could do something about through advocacy and et cetera. But 99% of what's being broadcast on the news, uh, you really don't need to know or you don't need to be taking it in in that in that format. And I think when you look at, like, look, again, the, the continual theme with a lot of the emails that are coming in, a lot of these inquiries are, like, I'm stuck. I'm afraid, right? Fear is behind everything, almost everything that is holding most people back. Mm -hmm. So then it becomes, all right, well, how do we address this fear? How do we overcome it? It's not about pretending fear doesn't exist or pretending that you're never going to be afraid, but there are actions that you can take to reduce the amount of fear-based stimulus that's coming into your life. And to the extent that you have control over those things, 
that's something to look at. Yeah, and I mean, also you could just uh, just take a little space of observation. Why don't you just take a pen and paper and just observe what's on the TV when you're watching it and see if what what I'm talking about is resonating. You know, see how many pharmaceutical ads are popping up on the TV. See how the news is directed, how it's presented, the sensational the sensationalism. And uh, you know, just take a little observational uh, check-in and see, you know, see what's see what's coming up. But you know, I would say as an outlier, as somebody who was never um, in the mainstream, even as a child, um, politics always seemed to me like high school, like high school elections. <laughs> and you know, I care deeply about the planet, and I care deeply about humanity, um, and I spend. A lot of focus and a lot of energy in meditation, um, seeing the best for our for our species, seeing the best for the planet, and using my energies to cultivate love and acceptance and non judgment and compassion for you know all living beings and all sentient beings, and that to me is the way that I um, that I am connected, and so I don't have a lot of hang-ups about not knowing who somebody is in a political office. Like, I just, I don't identify with it. Do you know who the president is? I think so. <laughs> He's a black guy. His name's Obama. I voted. Uh, for, I did vote. I voted for him. Right. Although I giggle at, you know, a lot of my spiritual community, at least with a high level, like, you know, there's no one gets involved in that level. But I did because, you know, I'm more of a householder and I have family and, you know, I'm about the blend and so, you know, we had such high hopes <laughs> and, and I'm not even really upset. I just, you know, there is no us and them. There's only us. We're all together and we're all just, you know, becoming aware and there's different levels of that happening. And so, you know, again, I, I just practice to hold the highest vision for, for every living being and, um, Right. Not you that know. your approach is dogmatic in any kind of specific uh, religious or, or spiritual way, because you're kind of, you know, polyamorous in that regard. But that idea of um, the best way to change the world is to is to improve yourself is kind of something that harkens back to the principles of Zen Buddhism, which is basically like if you want to if you want to change the world, like meditate. Right. Like that, that's the, that is the way to have the greatest impact is to get to know yourself and become the best version of yourself, the most authentic version mm -hmm. of yourself, right? And learn how to express that um, with love in the world, in service to other people. And that is the path to uh, ultimately, you know, profoundly changing what it is that you have control over in the world, right? Mm -hmm. True. Very so true. it's counterintuitive, I think, but... Mm -hmm. Anyway. Thanks for sticking with me. Yeah. Did we answer that question? No, I mean you for me? not. Yeah. Thanks for sticking with me. I'm when continuing I couldn't, to evolve. When I couldn't answer the questions of the day about yeah. the news. No, I joke. I mean, you know who the president is, obviously. But if I was Thank to God. ask you about cabinet members, then we might go a little bit sideways. I have no idea about any of that. And I also <laughs> yeah. have no shame or humiliation about know, That's either. the thing. You're like, you're like you know, you're, go ahead. Yeah, you're like, knock hey, yourself whatever. out. I know. And, and with respect Sorry. to the television thing, I mean, the only time that I ever watch television is when I travel and I'm in some hotel room and I'm like, oh, let's see what's on TV. And then I'm like doing exactly that thing that you said where I'm cycling through the channels mm -hmm. and I'm like, wow, like mm -hmm. it really is bleak. Like there really isn't any, like, and then I'll just turn it off and I'll watch 
a documentary on my iPad, even though there's a you know flat screen TV right in front of me. It's interesting, right? So now my yeah. relationship with this thing that I thought I couldn't do without in my own home, I actually don't really care about. And it's interesting as parents of children, our kids could care less about TV. And I think that that is... Um, you know, kind of endemic to the millennial generation. Like, they're not being reared on television. They're being reared on the Internet. Like, that's where they go. Like, right. Which like, is another thing. They're like TV. They look at their parents like, <laughs> why would you sit and watch a television show? Like, it doesn't make any sense. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. Anyway. Um, okay. Before we get to the next question, uh, today's show is also brought to you by Casper. How many Casper mattresses do we have in the house now? I think we have like four now. I know. We love them. We They're do great. love them. They're great. Yeah, it's a really cool uh, company that's really disrupting uh, the mattress industry, which needs disrupting. In a good way. freaking mattresses are expensive, man. I mean, can you imagine, like, going to the mattress store and, like, laying on all those mattresses and trying to find the one that, that's good for you? And it's then so spending, confusing. like, an ungodly amount of money to have this thing sent to your house? Like, forget it, right? So in the same way that Warby Parker has disrupted the eyeglass market by making eyeglasses affordable and in a direct-to-consumer market. That's kind of what these guys are doing. So Casper is an online retailer of premium mattresses at a fraction of the price. The mattress industry has, has inherently forced consumers into paying notoriously high markups. Casper is revolutionizing the mattress industry by cutting the cost of dealing with resellers and showrooms and passing that savings directly to the consumer. These mattresses pr- uh, provide resilience and long-lasting supportive comfort. Casper's mattresses is one of a one of a kind, a new hybrid mattress that combines premium latex foam with memory foam. So mattresses generally run like fifteen hundred bucks, but the Casper mattresses cost between five hundred for a twin size, and six hundred for a twin XL, seven fifty for a full size, eight fifty for a queen size, nine fifty for a king size. Like that's. It's very reasonable, yeah, that's and they're very well reasonable. made. Yeah, they're they're very well made. So Casper understands that buying a mattress online can have consumers wondering, how is this possible? But buying a Casper mattress is completely risk-free. They offer free delivery and returns within a 100-day period. It's that simple. So basically, you can order one of these mattresses. They ship it to your house in this cool box. You, like, cut the box open, and the thing, like explodes out of the box and unfolds and you can literally sleep on this thing for a hundred days and if you decide like yeah not for me you can send it back to them they'll pay for the shipping and uh and no questions asked right so it's really kind of a no-brainer a no-brainer so that's a better way than going to a showroom and lying on a bed for you know four minutes or 30 seconds and deciding whether that's going to be for you right that's right so that's why Casper's turned the buying process into a risk-free experience. They understand the importance of truly trying out a mattress and that in all reality, you spend a third of your life sleeping, right? So it's, it's kind very of good. Thing. Yeah, very so, important. All right. So Casper makes an obsessively engineered mattress at a shockingly fair price. Just the right sink, just the right bounce. Uh, they all come together for better nights and brighter days. Try your, fr- your risk-free trial uh, sleep on your Casper for 100 days, free delivery, painless returns. They're all made in America. Um, so uh, get $50 off any mattress purchased by visiting www.casper.com forward slash roll and using the promo code roll at checkout. That's it. Casper.com forward slash roll. Check it out. Check them out. Like I said, we, great. Have, we have four of them. We love them. Um, I think Tyler the other day said, can we get another one of these? How yeah. many beds do we need in our house? 
It keeps How increasing. People we keep having, more people keep moving in. <laughs> people keep it's moving into our house. How lots many of men yeah. too. How many people What's are, going are on? living in our house now? Now we have a. Now we have another. Actually, woman. We do. Well, part time. Who's that? No one. <laughs> <laughs> like, we can't say on the air. Are you going to let no. me know when more people? No, move we just in? have. Yeah, we have relationships blooming and things like that happen. <clears throat> which are beautiful. Cool. So. Uh, the next thing, uh, the next question I want to ask is somebody sent in an email saying, um, this is from, from Farmer Diddley. Hey, Farmer Diddley. That's awesome. <laughs> I know. How are the book sales for the Plant Power Way going? Better than expected? Less? Are you and Julie pleased with the sales? Just curious. Well, that's a cool question. I appreciate the interest in that. We haven't really talked about the Plant Power Way. I felt like... We talked about it so much on the podcast, just like, leading I don't up want to, to the talk sales, about and I was like, "I got to give everyone a break <laughs> you right. know, on that." But uh, sales have been really great. We had an amazing launch, and um, you know, the reviews have been overwhelmingly, you know, amazingly positive, and it continues to rocket on Amazon. I think we're still in the um, in the thousands in terms of the rank, which is really high considering it's been, you know, I don't know, three months since it came out or something right. like that. So it's ha- it has staying power, which is awesome. And just based on people posting on Facebook and Instagram pictures of the recipes that they're enjoying, it seems like, you know, people are digging it. So we're really happy. I mean, I have no... Yeah, they're digging it a lot. And it's been really fun. It's been really, really meaningful. First of all, I just want to thank everybody who um, pre-ordered the book and who rushed out to support us. And it, it really, really made a huge difference. And it established our book as, you know, a player in the in the field. And um, you guys really helped launch it and helped make it you know, a book that's going to stay around for many, many, many years. And so thank you for that. And I also want to thank everybody who um, gave us a a review on Amazon and took the time to do that. Those reviews were key. And I was overwhelmingly just touched and, you know, filled with gratitude at, you know, the amount of amazing things that were said. Um, And uh, I'm also just, I'm so pleased. I mean, I really, these recipes you know, were my very best that I had, you know, I gave, I gave it my all, you know, as far as within the food and Rich and I both, you know, put so much work into this. And even with the the lifestyle sections and the information and, you know, we, we, we created a book that, you know, we would have liked to have had ourselves. And that really, really contained everything that we possibly could offer. And so I was just really touched that so many of you received that. And I love hearing when um, people are making the recipes, Instagramming the photos, and they're having great success. Um, I love it that, you know, the recipes are easy, and you guys are finding that to be, um, uh, you know, a value for your lives. So mm-hmm. it means it means a ton to me. So thank you. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so yeah, it's been a wild success. You know, I can't, I can't think of anything that I would have changed or or done differently. Um, So it's all good, and I appreciate you asking. I thought it would be fun if we read... I'm looking at uh, the reviews on Amazon right now. We have 275 reviews. We're 4.8 out of 5 stars. So 92% of the reviews are 5 star, right? So 
thank you, thank all you, you guys that took a moment to do that. Um, <laughs> now we but of look course, at... like, yeah, like my eye gravitates towards the one-star reviews, which are hilarious. Let's read so, some of those. Yeah, like it's so good. Just um, for fun. Yeah, let's see. Uh, right. <laughs> 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 one came in the other day, actually August 8th, two days ago. One star. I had hoped for more recipes, period. Mm. That's the mm. whole review. Mm. It's so funny because... In the description of the book, it says 120 plus plant based, 120 plus plant based recipes, and that's mm. exactly how many recipes are in the book. So <laughs> I, I don't know what happened there. Sorry that, that we dashed your hopes for um, more recipes, yeah, but yeah, yeah, yeah. those were that was all I had. I like this so one too. Can't really do anything about that. Uh, by Ode O D. <laughs> My wife and I have lots of vegan cookbooks, and most are quite creative and original. We returned this book because it's lack of because it's lack of either. They actually gave it back. Wow. Like they just jumped on the bandwagon for vegan cookbooks and slightly altered existing recipes out in Google land. <laughs> wow. That's amazing. Yeah. Well, that's right. a perspective. Well, there you go. Yeah. Um, and a couple people left one star reviews because they're like, this. the recipes use oils. Mm -hmm. Had I known that, that these recipes used oils, I would not have ordered the book because I don't use oils in cooking and preparing food. Mm -hmm. This book is useless for me. Very disappointed. Okay. Well, we yeah. All right. Well, that's your prerogative. I mean, we never advertised it as, as a no oil, oil as a, as book. As a no oil book. So yeah. maybe there was some confusion there. But I think we were pretty clear in all of the recipes that use oil to say that they can be made without oil. And we're if you're on that, that transformation that transformation path, we specifically say eliminate not, yeah, the oil. Eliminate the oils. Mm -hmm. Uh, choose the recipes that don't mm -hmm. use oil. And for the recipes mm -hmm. that do, they can be prepared without oil. So I thought we were clear on that. And she misunderstood or I don't know. She In no, her I mean, mind, she thought like this was a no oil book. I don't know how she got that. No, I, I don't mean, know why I I'm think saying she either. It could have been a he. Could have been a he. No, I mean, I think that, you know, again, we're just sharing from our level of experience. And we are not a no oil family. Like that is not Ayurvedic and it is not how we live. And if... I would not have been able to go vegan had I been a non-oil, uh, if, if I had to eat that way. So anyway, I use very, very little oil, eliminate it whenever I can. Um, but, uh, you know, I'm, a, I'm an advocate of, you know, some use of coconut oil and healthy fats, you know, for soft, supple skin and healthy brain function. Mm-hmm. Okay, one other review. This is actually is it a good one. Yeah, well, it's oh. no, it's another negative one. Oh man, uh, no. it's a two star one. Uh, but I love the caption. You will never be as perfect as they are, <laughs> and it goes on. It's like five paragraphs long, but essentially Aww. the gist of it is, this person you know saw all these pictures of our family and is intuiting from the presentation that we made that we're saying like you have to be perfect in order to do this like that we're right. establishing some kind of ideal that everyone else is going to fall short of and that that actually kind of breaks my heart a little bit yeah. because everything that we're trying to do was it, the whole book was oriented around trying to create a welcome mat right. for people to embrace this lifestyle and we wanted to present it in a modern way that made it look accessible and um approachable and also aspirational like look we're a healthy family we're glowing and we're living this way it doesn't have to be a deprivation oriented lifestyle like you can thrive and we wanted to show ourselves of example as examples of thriving eating and living this way mm -hmm. and so this person interpreted it differently as saying 
we're better than you right. and you'll never be as good as us, which is <laughs> right. the exact opposite of what we were trying to right. um, kind of, uh, you know, put out, put out there. So that's disappointing to me. Uh, but, you know, we, it, I think it goes to this idea of not being able to control, you know, look, look, I'm not going to, that person's entitled to their opinion. If that's what they got out of it, I can't take that away from them. Sure. Right? I mean, well, there are many perspectives so, in creation. So, you know, we, again, it's like at the end of the day, I'm, I have no, I have no remorse. I have no guilt and I have no, no, in hi, no hindsight view. Like I wish I had done this. I don't because um, we produced a really beautiful book and there was all of my energy that I had available um, went into it and so did yours. And so I'm cool with it. It's okay. You know, people have different perspectives and anyway, things, you know, those reviews have everything. When you give a review, you're really, you're really speaking about yourself. You're not really speaking about what you're reviewing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, (laughs) that's true. I mean, I think on this idea of perfectionism though, like all I do on the podcast is talk about all my imperfections. (laughs) I know. So, you know, I'm hardly trying to put this idea well, out there that you have to do things perfectly. But it's probably somebody who doesn't listen to the podcast or just pick the book up. And it, again, it's from her perspective or their perspective, his perspective, her perspective. And if they knew more about the, you know, about our work and the mission as a whole, they, they probably, you know, they may not feel that well that way. But also at the end of the day, it's like you're, you can't please everybody and be authentic. And this is something that I think is key that sort of connects back to the previous sharing about the questions that have come in. The thing is, is that you're not going to please everybody all the time. And it's an impossibility because people have too many perspectives. And so at the end of the day, you better have pleased yourself. You better have. And that's what I mean by saying, like, I don't have any remorse. I did the very best of my ability within my heart. I have nothing uncovered in that way with regards to this project, with regards to this expression. I could not have done any more in the time that I had, and I have my heart in it. And I think you had your heart in it as well, and I think that's why the reviews are 92% five-star and, you know, and and the others less. But if anybody's thinking about doing a project, you know, you're never going to please everybody all the time, and you can't you know, you can't become paralyzed because of that or focus on the negative or, not only, you know. Not only is it that you can't, you shouldn't, yeah, right? You, shouldn't. you can't, if you, if your approach to a project is, um, you know, how can I do something, whether it's write a book or whatever it is, that's going to appeal to the most number of people, like you're already on the wrong path. Like you have to do, uh, you have to do what you, you have to create something that you would like to see or that would answer a question you want answered or something that represents your perspective, right? That's, that has to be the marching orders. And if you follow that path, not everyone's going to be happy. And the truth is, if you're not ruffling a few feathers or upsetting a few people, then you're not actually voicing an opinion, right? Like you're, you're just kind of up the middle. And, sure. and you know, I think it's better to be convicted in what it is you're trying to express with the with the understanding that not everyone is going to digest it equally um, than to try to please everybody because then what do you have of value at the end of the day mm-hmm. like you just have some milk toast thing that um, oh well nobody got upset by it but what are you no actually one got inspired doing by it and, yeah what are you actually right. doing and saying and and look you know just last night I posted the Iron Cowboy podcast um, and 
you know, everybody who followed that journey, I mean, he's had, you know, he's had a massive impact on the world in terms of inspiring people and, and demonstrating, you know, what the human mind, body, and spirit is capable of by kind of redefining the limits of human endurance in certain ways. Uh, and even that endeavor was not without its controversy and its haters and its critics. It's crazy. Even yesterday, I ran into somebody who who is a triathlete friend of mine. He's like, oh, yeah, so, oh, yeah, so what do you think about, uh, you know, the fact that he didn't do this or he didn't do that? And I'm like, what are you even talking about? Like, I, I just don't understand the people that want to take James down a notch because right, he didn't down. do it exactly the way that they think that he should have done it when they haven't walked, you know, a single mile in his shoes. Like, yeah. it's just crazy to me. And, you know, that's the world that we live in now where, you know, everybody can have an opinion and put it online and it can, and that opinion can, you know, get traction and, you know, create dialogue and discussion. And, you know, look, there's, there's a lot of, it goes back to what we were st- talking about at the beginning about negativity, right? Mm-hmm. So do you want to engage in that negativity? Do you want to roll up your sleeves and get involved in some big drama? Like, is that really where you want to direct your energy and focus on? Or why not just celebrate this guy and this amazing thing that he did and, and see the good in it? Yeah, exactly. So Exactly. And hold that vision and, and see the, the incredible heart, the incredible spirit and the incredible adventure that he went on, you know, the courage and the commitment and the fact that he was with his kids. And, you know, it's a it's such a triumph. It's such a beautiful, beautiful, beautiful triumph. And all the people that connected with him and came out along the way. I mean, it's incredible what he's done. And so, you know, there's no need to focus on his diet or to focus on his right. political views or so, to focus on like yeah. anything else. Like it's just, it, it just doesn't matter. And if you can just hold the highest vision for somebody, they will get to where they need to go on their own. Right. You know, they don't need to be torn down because they're not vegan. You know, yeah, there was somebody who posted on my Facebook page who was like, uh, you know, I posted about the video that I made or the podcast and like, uh, you know, but he, you know, he eats this way and he eats that way. How can you be supportive of this person? And I'm like, okay, so the guy doesn't eat the diet that I eat, you know, that, that I advocate. So I'm not supposed to. So, so now I'm, I'm, I'm barred from covering him from like shining a light on something amazing that he did. Like, I'm not, I don't, you know, I'm not going to operate that way in the world. I don't think that that's carrying a high vibration. Well, and the other thing is, is that he was in my kitchen and he is interested in what I'm doing. He's very interested in what I'm doing. And had I had more time, he was interested in me talking to him about meal plans and stuff. But we just, did, I just didn't yeah. have time. When he showed up, there was no time. So it's not, the, the story isn't over. It's the beginning of our relationship with him. Who knows how we're all going to inspire each other. That family certainly has inspired me. You know, I wanted, I want to know all about Sunny. I want to know everything that she experienced on the way. I want to know those kids you know so Mm -hmm. it's it's just the beginning of our journey together why start tearing it down before it's even flowered it's even blossomed right then you prevent any opportunity for growth or progression right Mm -hmm. like if like let's say i said you know what like he's not a vegan athlete so i'm not going to do a podcast with him well or or i'm going to criticize him because he did this amazing thing but he didn't eat the way that i would have eaten right Mm -hmm. well then You've now shortcut or prevented any opportunity for inspiring him to improve his diet mm-hmm. or preventing all the people that listen to this podcast from being inspired by the example that he set in the arena in which he chose to do something extraordinary. Mm-hmm. So anyway, 
it's okay. It's like, it's, <laughs> it's all right. You know, we, you know, we, and what, one of the things that we talked about in the book is that, you know, it's not black and white, you know, life is not black and white. It's just not. And when you start creating those boundaries in those boxes, there's a violence created in that. And if you really look into the energy, that's what it is. Mm-hmm. So we're not looking to, for, we're not looking for the differences. We're looking for the similarities. I'm looking to connect with, uh, with you know, the heart of this athlete, of this father, of this being that had the courage to do something outside of the box. I'm looking for the heart of this father of five children that ran with his daughter every 5K in every state. You know, I'm looking for the beauty in the relationship between these two beings. There's so many things that mm-hmm. I can find in such an extraordinary, you know, demonstration. And, you know, it's not it's not going to be all one way. It's not all perfect. I am not perfect. You and I are not perfect. You know, there's, you know, many imbalances, you know, that all of us as human beings are working on fine tuning and and um, and refining. And so um, anyway, it's been it's been an honor. And it was it's just beautiful uh, that you had him on the podcast and that. The word got out and all the people that came out to support him and the fact that you were able to go back at the end, mm-hmm. you know, there's nothing but beauty in that entire experience. And I, you know, I'm sure that uh, there's much more to come. Yeah, down for the sure. And, and, you know, being present in Utah and, and being there firsthand to not only witness him finishing, but to observe how he interacted with his wife and his kids. You know, when I saw him you know, with his kids and the way that he, you know, ran with Lucy uh, and the way that he, you know, hugged his his other daughters and his son when he, fin- I mean, like, there's a million examples, but it's really a beautiful thing. You know, know, this is something we should only be celebrating. And when when you get into that, that, that be very careful and wary of being in that place of judgment, you know, mm-hmm. you eat a certain way, somebody else doesn't, suddenly you've created separation. And that separation is an impediment to, to growth on both sides of the equation, mm-hmm. right? And, you know, don't cast stones when you live in a glass house. We're all imperfect. Mm-hmm. And, so. a, and at a deeper level, that judgment, that, the judgment we're projecting, the resentment and the judgment we're projecting at others is, in fact, the resentment and judgment that we have for ourselves. And that is the greatest um, violence, Mm-hmm. to inflict that upon yourself. So by releasing that and by choosing to look at the good and choosing to hold that vision of the highest expression for yourself and for someone else is is a great act of, of love. Mm-hmm. Beautiful. All right, one more question that we'll do. This is from Nathan. Uh, it's a couple paragraphs, but I'll read the pertinent part. My question, I'm pretty sure I used to have a drinking problem, definitely had have a groundedness problem and addictive personality to the extreme as per all of the changes above. But I never had that moment of reckoning, rock bottom, if you will, even though I was arrested twice for DUI, got taken to a Mexican jail, blackout drunk commonly. I just kind of wanted better. Maybe you folks in the healthy lifestyle is my new addiction. Should I take it easy on too much change all at once while I burn out? So this is an interesting question. I think there's a lot packed into here. Um, you know, Nathan, I don't know you, so I cannot diagnose you as alcoholic or addict. Only you can do that yourself. 
Um, I think it's interesting, I will say this, I think it's interesting that you say uh, that you used to have a drinking problem uh, and used to have an addictive personality, or maybe you're saying you still have an addictive personality to the extreme. Um, My personal opinion is that once you've had a drinking problem, you always have a drinking problem, or once you have uh, an addictive personality, you most likely always have an addictive personality. And somebody who has gotten arrested twice for DUI, gone to a Mexican jail, blackout drink, you know, those are, those are indicia of alcoholism. Like people that have a normal relationship with alcohol uh, generally, and of course there's always outliers, but generally uh, don't get into those kind of problems. So that might be something you want to look at. Um, and I think that in terms of uh, kind of shifting your addictive personality traits onto, you know, the healthy lifestyle, sort of going into the food and, you know, going vegan and meditation and all of that is amazing, right? Like, that's fantastic. So I congratulate you on that. Um, but I would think, I think that one thing that I would point out is that the most important thing that that you can do, and I think where Uh, the majority of your focus should be placed is on dealing with the substance abuse issue first, right? I think that um, there's a lot of people who, especially people that are new in recovery, they want to do it all at once. And then they think that they found the solution to their drug and alcohol problem in some other kind of lifestyle fixation. Like maybe it's training for an Ironman or a marathon, or maybe it's you know, some other creative pursuit that suddenly they become obsessed about. And from experience and from, you know, a lot of people that I know in the recovery community, this is generally like a misguided approach. I think you need to get at the core of the substance abuse issue first. And first you have to abstain, you know, from drugs and alcohol. And then you have to actively plug into um, a recovery program that addresses that issue and that issue specifically, right? So I think what happens is people come into uh, this idea of getting sober and they want to change their entire life overnight very quickly. Uh, But the people that I see that are the most successful are the ones that focus predominantly, if not entirely, on dealing with the substance issue first. And if you can resolve that and create a solid foundation of recovery and like, look, my, my... best advice is Alcoholics Anonymous and like, you know, the secret society. So uh, there are, you know, the, the, the sort of uh, the principles of AA prevent me from being specific about that. But I always say, you know, go check out an AA meeting. And if you have reservations about that or preconceived ideas about what that world, what that community is like, I would set them aside and just show up, have the courage and the willingness to to take direction and kind of do as you're told in 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 that world. Um, that was my experience, and that's what saved my life, and I've seen it save the lives of a lot of people. Uh, and if you focus on the sobriety first and you create that foundation of, of recovery, then you start to learn and develop acuity with a toolbox of tools that you then can take out into the world and pursue whatever it is you want in your life. Like, Recovery is incredible in the sense that it is the one place that you can go and hit pause on your life and just reboot your entire operating system and surround yourself with a community of people who will empower and support you 
to then go out in the world and do whatever you want. It's an extraordinary, very unique thing. Um, but the substance issue, the sobriety has to come first. All the other things will fall into place if you can develop a level of mastery over that. Beautifully said. Yeah. And that's not to say, like, meditation is a big part of that, right? Mm -hmm. Healthy eating, all these things are really important. But I think a plant-based diet is not going to solve your substance abuse issue. <laughs> right. you know? And there's a weird thing that, that kind of gets misinterpreted, especially on the internet. Uh, this idea that, like, I went plant-based and that, that has cured me of alcoholism. <laughs> it's really? like, oh, yeah, yeah. That's kind of like a neatly packaged kind of narrative that, that, that I'll see on the internet, hmm. which is a complete mischaracterization of, you know, what occurred to me. I mean, I'd been sober for eight, eight years right. before I switched my diet. In sure. fact, a lot of my addictive tendencies, once I stopped drinking, were then, you know, misdirected onto unhealthy foods because I wanted something that would take me out of the moment. Like, look, drug addiction, drug addicts and alcoholics, they're, they're looking to not feel what they're feeling, right? It's not the substances that are the problem. It's the relationship with the substances. It's the emotional state that lies underneath. It's that feeling of, 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 you know, of not being comfortable in your own skin. It's like a low grade thing that like, you're always uncomfortable. You always just don't feel right. And you just don't want to be feeling the way that you're feeling. And drugs and alcohol solves that problem until it stops solving it, right? So then you take away the drugs and the alcohol, you've actually taken away the solution to the problem. The problem is your emotional state and your spiritual state, right? And if you leave that unaddressed, then you're not really dealing with the problem, right? So, uh, you know, meditation is certainly a crucial integral aspect of the, the sobriety equation, um, but in my experience, like, okay, so I removed, I removed uh, alcohol, but I still was struggling with all of these emotional issues, right? I didn't want to feel the way that I felt. So, oh, let's go to Jack in the Box or McDonald's and eat a bunch of unhealthy food. And that really was like medicating myself because then it would change my emotional state. Mm -hmm. Not necessarily to a good one, but at least different than how I felt. Mm -hmm. And that can be applied to shopping or gambling or, you know, whatever sex. it is, sex, you know, porn, whatever it is. There's always a way to try to, you know, to try to get out of however you're feeling by immersing yourself in some other world. And it can be in, you know, it can be in uh, fitness as well. People that go insane with Ironman training and all of that kind of stuff because they don't want to deal with whatever it is that's making them uncomfortable in their life. Mm -hmm. So it's not the thing itself. It's the relationship with the thing. Yeah, beautifully said. And I mean, I don't, I don't have much to add to that at all. Um, I just do want to say that if you're thinking about, um, you know, getting involved with the program with Alcoholics Anonymous and you're feeling that, you know, there's a part of you that doesn't want to be involved with that group or you're resisting that identification, I would just say as the partner of somebody who works that program, um, it has been of great benefit to us, to our relationship. And I think that um, there is an amazing skill set that you can learn and um, kind of uh, tools that you can gain for working through conflict and expressing your emotions that actually provide a foundation for a very intimate, very beautiful um, relationship with 
you know, a lover and also with the world. So um, I would encourage you to look deeper into that. And also, of course, um, I would put a very high emphasis on the spiritual aspect of the program. Mm-hmm. Very good. All right. I think we did it. Is that all? How do you feel? feel pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. How do you feel? I feel good. Do I do okay? I feel energized. That's good. <laughs> I feel it's I'm better than when positive. we started. Yeah. Really? <laughs> no. No, I was just kind of, we're doing this in the morning and we never do it in the morning. We usually do it in the afternoon. So, you know, we were, I was kind of in my zone, my yeah. little cocoon. I thought you did pretty good. Yeah. All right. No, well, just the beginning. Yeah. Why don't you guys who are listening, let us know yeah. how you feel about how we did <laughs> by leaving us a comment on the episode page. And uh, that was fun. Thanks yeah, it was fun. Um, all right, you guys. So uh, perhaps after this discussion, you might be interested in picking up a copy of The Plant Power Way after I read all those one-star reviews. It's a great cookbook, <laughs> though. Yeah. Uh, you if you already it. have it, makes for a great gift. Um, I think it's only like 23 bucks on Amazon right now or 21 bucks. Some people have said, oh, it's so expensive. I'm like, really? I mean, it retails for $39.99 because it's a heavy, big, beautifully produced book. But... Literally, it's like half price on Amazon. So, I mean, I can't imagine anybody would say it's too expensive when they get the book and they realize it was only literally like 20 bucks for it. I mean, I think it over delivers. And just to be clear, 120 plant-based recipes. I don't want anybody to say that uh, they were disappointed there weren't enough (laughs) recipes. Uh, Easy to prepare, delicious, uh, and plenty of guidance for the whole family. It's really a primer, right? A primer for the modern family looking to take your life and your health to the next level. So check that out on Amazon. Use the Amazon banner ad at richroll.com to help us out. And that's all good. And for all your plant power needs, go to richroll.com. What do we got? Your your meditation program has been a, a best-selling hit lately. It's taking off. Yeah, you guys are finally meditating. I'm so happy to Suddenly, know that. like, we've had that right on. on the site for a long time, but suddenly in, like, the last two months, like, it's it's blowing up. People Everybody, are ready to meditate. Everybody's downloading that. That's awesome. So check that out. We have nutrition products, our ION electrolyte supplement, which is great for all of you uh, multi-sport athletes out there to make sure you keep your electrolytes in check. We have our vitamin B12 supplement. We have signed copies of Finding Ultra. Soon we're going to have signed copies of the Plant Power Way. We have 100% organic cotton garments. We have stickers now. Peace sticker and plants pack and plant power sticker That my daughters packs. have on Everybody. their necks now. <laughs> Everybody. Which is kind temporary of alarming. Temporary tattoos. Temporary. kind of alarming. Yeah. And we have... Uh, Beautiful limited edition art prints from our friend Andrew Pasquella from his USDA series. That's right. These are really cool. Like he's a good friend of ours and he wanted to be able to offer some of the work that he's doing on our website so you can get framed or unframed beautiful prints on this beautiful heavy cloth paper. They're all signed and numbered and it's a limited edition thing. So and they're pretty inexpensive. Uh, so it's a great way to get your hands on, you know, some beautiful art. Uh, and I think that the art is going to appreciate. So it's kind of an investment as well, which is cool. Um, if you're into online courses, we have two at mindbodygreen.com, the ultimate guide to plant-based nutrition, which is a good sort of, uh, uh, companion, Compan- that's the word I was looking for, companion piece to the plant power way. Mm-hmm. It's like three and a half hours of streaming video content broken down into five to 10 minute chunks, uh, sort of, um, divided up by subject, mm-hmm. uh, all about how to get more plant powered into your life step by step. Uh, it's got an online community. And then The Art of Living with Purpose, which is all about, like, 
goal setting and how to do the inside work to get yourself moving forward on your best trajectory. So really proud of both of these online courses. They're at mindbodygreen.com. We're thinking about doing another course with them, trying to figure out what that would be. We kind of know what it so, will be. Yeah. we gotta, we got to create it. We've well, got to map that out. We'll make announcements about that soon yes. when we move forward. So, mm-hmm. all right, you guys, thanks so much. We're out of here. Thanks for supporting the show. Thanks for telling your friends. Thank you for sharing it on social media. And That's thanks right. for using the uh, Amazon banner ad. Yeah, and to find out more about me and to follow me, you can go to srimati.com, S-R-I dot, sorry, S-R-I-M-A-T-I <laughs> dot com. Yeah. Almost couldn't smell, spell my own website. And you can find my music um, there. And uh, I have two albums, Jai Home and Mother of Mine, that I created with my sons, Tyler and Trapper. Are we going to take us out with another track? Yeah, let's take us out with Beloved. Didn't we just do that one? No, you we did didn't? Beloved. It's different. Beloved and Beloved? Yeah, they're, they're two, two different, different songs. Yes, they That's are. confusing. Well, Beloved is like a sweet song about bees and being love and beloved is about the dark night when you are completely lost and you're uh you're sure that god is carrying you but you're very 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 in the cave all right well om shanti om shanti <laughs> you just ritual just said om shanti I on know, the podcast that, right? dudes something's happening <laughs> evolution right, is at hand we will uh see you guys in a couple days Great. Thanks for taking this ride with us. Thank you. Peace. Plants. Namaste. Beloved, you must be very near to me now. I've been crying. I'm dying. The rain comes down. Different story now. Each part of me in pieces on the ground Darkness hails I'm so afraid Please help me Please help me to find my way home Thunder sounds Different presence now Pretty baby from another space in time Lightness
Be there.